Welcome back, friends. It is the Brenton on Tour podcast, Sober on Tour series uh, that I started last week talking about being sober on tour. The people that might be on tour uh, that had made a change, that, that cleaned up their life or just decided not to drink or whatever it is that's getting them by. Uh, this new world that has put us back on tour, a lot of changes have happened to a lot of people. Um, they've been off for two years sitting at home alone going, eh, maybe I'm done drinking. Maybe I'm done uh, with all the excess and it's created a whole bunch of new people out on tour for the first time that are doing it uh, sober for the first time. So I thought it'd be an interesting series to dive into how people are getting around and doing that. My guest this week is a friend of the show, been on a few times. It's been on the Kids on the Escalator podcast uh, a few times with me, uh, plays with Slash, plays with Tuke, plays with everybody. Good friend of mine, good friend of yours. That's Todd Kearns. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really good, man. I'm uh, hanging out in Quebec City. Just had some of the best coffee I've had all year here in this yeah. fantastic place. It's amazing. It's amazing. There would it's be amazing. some great coffee up there, my friend. That's awesome. I uh, I love this city. The city's so European. It's so vibrant. It's great. I just love walking around. You know, it's the closest you'll get to the European vibe in North America, right there where you are. Totally, absolutely, and I I think it's a little hidden gem that this uh, country of ours is not totally aware of if you haven't uh, come there you yeah. definitely definitely need to do that now Agreed. this series is about uh, being sober on tour um i like to tell this story about the first time i went to vegas and met like i went and met brent fitz and and uh, your bandmates and went to vegas and he was sober and i'm like can i do vegas sober so i went down and you know did the weekend with him sober and then i come back and uh our, our mutual old friend christy Lobman was like, hey, you yeah. should go see see Todd play. I'm like, man, I haven't seen Todd since I did shows for Age of Electric for years. So she puts this together. I come down and see you play at the Rio. That's right. And then you're like, hey, we're doing the Adult Video Awards after show. <laughs> I and forgot I'm like, about that one. <laughs> well, that should be good. That should be good to just have a nice little lovely chat and hang out. And uh, I mean, it's yeah. Vegas. So let's go. So I go to the Rio, watch you play. I go to the Adult Video Awards. Uh, Vinnie Paul's there. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Every single scenario that at that point I had met you at involved a substantial amount of alcohol. <laughs> and here we are <laughs> watching you and you don't drink. And I'm like, there's another guy that doesn't drink. And I'm like, how is this even possible? Not to mention you leave. And then we get invited to, with our friend Frank to, uh, to the late Vinnie Paul's house. That's right. Yeah. Which again was a whole it's Vegas. It's, it's the whole thing. And, and I remember talking to you the next day and I was like, thanks for having me out. And he goes, ah, you made it to Vinny's. And I was like, but you weren't there, but he was watching videos of you playing the show that you guys had just played. <laughs> it was this weird <laughs> kind of thing, you know? And but it, got me, it got me, it started this kind of thought for me about Brent doesn't drink and Todd doesn't drink. And these guys are in, you know, slashes. Well, at that point, I don't, think you were in slash's band but it was coming no and um and i was just like geez how are these guys doing this and um it kind of started this thing in my brain about is it possible to do this you know without drinking copious amounts yeah. of alcohol and all the rest of it so i thought i better start this series out with you being a guest uh and you can you know we can talk a little bit about it but welcome back to the show it's been a while great I'm to see you and thanks man appreciate the time. happy to be here happy to be here you know it's funny that um to bring it up because it seems such, such a, you know, because it's it's just always kind of been this way to me in a lot of ways. So it's it's so interesting to have that conversation, especially like the going to Vegas, not having drinks, 
I mean, going to Vinny's house house is, you know, yeah, that's that's the epicenter of, uh, you know, <laughs> of, uh, of the good time that everybody was having. But, yeah, you know, I think even when I was younger, you know, I went through phases of like, um, you know, growing up in small town Canada, it was just, you know, you just that's what you did. And then um, I think there was a certain amount of, of focus on being a vocalist, um, you know, whether I'm the main vocalist or the backing vocalist in whatever situation. Um, the actual like landing in Vegas and then playing like sometimes five nights a week, I just sort of said to myself, you know, I'm, it might be a bit of a vanity thing where you thought to yourself, you know, I just don't want to be, you know, too many drinks in and, and have people kind of go, Whoa, what was up with that? You know, it's kind of, you know, or, or just kind of, you know, or that, you know, Wednesday night was rough, you know, or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. I, I, I kind of treat the stage very much like, like an athlete, you know I mean? Like I feel like, you know, I'm going out there to win, you know, and I don't want to, I, I know it's sometimes it's like, you know, in some situations you're playing cover songs, you know, in, uh, playing Rebel Yell by Billy Idol or whatever. But at the same time, I still try to treat it like, look, I'm, I, I want this to be great, you know, and I want to be at my best. So so that kind of stuff came into play even back in the age of electric days. I was still kind of like, uh, you know, went through phases. But at the same time, I still entertained the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? Did, did, were you um, a drinker going into Vegas? Like, or what was your drinking what were you what was your career drinking career consisting of <laughs> you know, growing up I, in lanigan yeah. and growing up in saskatchewan it's kind of like it's yeah, the, I mean, it's the push on of like you know let's yeah. get it let's get it to dollar 50 highball night and see what goes on you know but Dude, uh, i remember playing at the zoo in winnipeg once and it was 60 cents for a glass of draft and <laughs> you know and then the audience is sending up beer you know what i mean this is like in 89 90 something like that and the stage would just be littered with empty glasses, you know, and you would feel like garbage. And I think that, you know, I was such a, so fragile that way. You know, it's kind of like um, when people would like, you know, you know, uh, get hung over and be able to kind of pull through. I would sometimes get laid right out. And it really had that effect on me that I, you know, I sort of ended up treating it as sort of like, ugh, I just, you know, my bounce back was not like, everybody else's like I felt like for whatever reason when it hit me it hit me hard so so you know uh coming to Vegas like you say yeah I was still drinking but I wasn't really like um like it's funny because we talked about this before you and I have talked about this before how I wasn't a rehabbed um you know all kinds of crazy stories with DUIs and and all that kind of stuff no in fact I was kind of like um a lot of my friends either remember me as always sober or some of my friends remember me as just always drinking. You know, it's like sort of like depends on which chapter you were living through. Um, but it was, you know, when we were younger, you know, and growing up where we grew up, it was just that's what you did. You just, you know, oh, cool. You know, and you, you get you get to that point where you can actually ask for alcohol in your rider, like, you know, which was just usually something as as super tame as like a 24 or 12 pack of Molson Canadian. My brother was like the sort of the drinking guy. So that was what was on the rider was Molson Canadian. Like not even like, you know, we can get like, you know, Jagermeister or right. Dom Perignon if we want to get, you know, I mean, or whatever you want, but it's like, no, we're just a bunch of Canadian dudes. Just give us some Labatt blue or whatever. And, um, but you know, and, and it was funny because I used to tell these stories and I tell them still actually, like even on the road just recently, I was sort of like, this is the period where everybody starts drinking. Sound check is over. Yeah. And then you're just sitting there waiting to play. And that's when everybody falls into a bottle. You know what I mean? Because it's just like you're sitting there, you eat some food. Um, you know, it, it depends on, on, on the level of success you're facing. Because sometimes, you know, let's head out and get something to eat is a whole other hassle. And you just yeah. something they're feeding you at the venue. So you just sit there in this dressing room for several hours. And it's like, you know, whether you've been drinking the night before, which is usually the case. And then you're like, well, I'll just have one to kind of you know, level this out and then it turns into another one. By the time you get on stage, you're feeling good, you know, and then you're drinking through the set, yeah. drinking after the set, and it just turns into a party. It's just this, and it's a cycle, you know what I mean? And, and especially if you're like, you know, 
you know, passing out at wherever, and then you got to get to the next town. Because we used to always laugh about that too, because it was like back in the in the early days when you're driving yourself from town to town. It's your turn to drive tonight, you know, drummer or you know yeah. whoever. And he's the drummer, by the way. <laughs> Inevitably, whoever was supposed to be driving would yeah. somehow have you know fallen into like sixty cent draft night, and then. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, now what? And now we sit and drink at Robin's Donuts or Tim Hortons if you're living high. Drink coffee for four hours waiting for everybody to kind of get to a point where we can drive to the next town. But, you know, and, and that's sort of just young, you know, kids just playing music. And I think once I kind of, you know, got to that point where I felt like, like I said, I, I didn't have that sort of like, I, I'm like anybody, I made all kinds of no one makes great decisions. You know, I mean, I, I, I admittedly have made terrible decisions uh, in that kind of situation. So, but once you kind of put your head in that space where I just, you know, I just, it wasn't for me. And I, it's a weird thing to say, because when I say that, it's kind of like, it just kind of felt like I just could never find, you know, well, I'll, I'll drink this. <laughs> I'll never forget. Never Funny found your story. dose. Never found yeah. your proper dose. I, I remember Kurt Dahl from Age of Electric. Let's throw him yeah. under the bus. Sure. He he was uh, he was. Um, I can't remember if it was his birthday or what, but I remember him saying like, uh, "Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not drinking beer anymore. I'm drinking the scotch. <laughs> I'm getting too fat on the beer." And I was kind of like, "Okay, you know, it's like why it just seemed like a very sort of like, this is what I'm doing now." I'm put my foot down you're kind of okay and i remember zucker baby was opening for us uh you know Jeez. those guys so the, i would, I would have promoted that tour by the way <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly these are the tours where i first met you was that was that exactly was that like show, it, that it was a big deal for us because you know we were things were kind of going great and and zucker baby are our, our best friends and they're opening for us it was just like go across the country um pillaging and i remember kurt you know he's sort of like i'm not drinking beer anymore i'm drinking scotch and i'm okay whatever and we go on stage and we play and it was like, you know, the drummer is the whole anchor of the thing. And you feel like, whoa, what's going on back here? <laughs> Missing symbols. And I turn around and I look at him and he just looks at me and he's it's it's loud. It's like he looks at me and he just kind of words. I'm fucked up. <laughs> and I go <laughs> and I go, great. It's like song two. You know, what I mean, like we're like we still got like 90 minutes to go or something. And I remember him looking over at Reed Shimizawa and, you know, Reed from mm -hmm. Zucker Baby. It was a dear friend of ours. We've known him for a hundred years. And he goes, and he looks over at Reed and he goes, am I playing okay? And Reed just goes. <laughs> 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 and it was like, fuck you. You know, he's kind of, he's a, but it was like, you know, it was always that balancing act for, for everybody. And I, I think I just got to a point where I, I just kind of like, it didn't feel great going on stage and knowing I wasn't playing my best. And I think that some people can, like the Bon Scotts of the world would have, mm -hmm. you know, whiskey and a cigarette and go out and sing like Bon Scott. And then, yeah. but I knew that I didn't have that kind of uh, constitution. I was sort of more like, no, you got to take care of yourself. And you got to get there. I mean, a lot of guys like, oddly enough, like Roger Daltrey and stuff like that, I always heard was very sort of like, he, he was really took care of himself because of his voice. Um, but the other guys were, not you know, you know it's so funny, funny about that because you know the, the the singing thing is more important than anything however i am going to go back and clip the part where you said it's all about the drummer so i'm just going to clip <laughs> that and put that up because that's for my drummer buddies hey fitz hey every other drummer that's been shit on forever but anyways um i, I didn't yeah, I'm gonna to go back, quite so uh, i'm gonna go back and know, clip aggressive. that but yeah so the the, the, the the from the voice side of things you know, there, there's a, probably a spot, all egos aside, there's singers and then there's singers. There's the guy that where you put the band together and you go, you sing. Yeah, sure. Right. And then the other guy goes, you're just okay. Maybe you try to sing. Okay. You sing. okay, we're going to go with that. And, you know, some yeah. bands have yeah. come out of that. Like, wow, that's great. But at some point you probably would have realized you had a pretty special gift there. Because well, for those I, listening, those listening, and I'll I'll pad the ego here for a minute. Todd's got one of the greatest <laughs> rock voices. Oh, oh, you really? That's the only reason I really, the only reason really, I came really, on. Really, really, but it's it's just a fantastic how you've been able to maintain it, right? And just over this time, and uh, you know, you, you're banging out the gun stuff on slashes things, and you're you're just having to stay at that register, and you yeah. know, I, I'm, you know, so it's it's certainly a point where you would have realized that you have a gift and some people choose to 
treat that gift with respect and other people just decide to blow it out. So there had right. to open a point there where you were like, eh, you know, this is probably my livelihood here. I, I would imagine that would have played a role here. Yeah, it is. And like I said before, it probably was a certain degree of vanity where I was like, I don't want to go up here and be like, you know, oh, sorry, I was wasted, you know, and I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. I sucked tonight. You know, it's like, I mean, Miles Kennedy, you know, I've been touring with him for 12 years and he lives like a monk on the road. He drinks, you know what I mean? Like he, he, but he doesn't on the road. Like he literally like lives in hmm. this sort of like, you know, monk life because he's like always terrified of, and he's been through it all. He's been doing this a million years. So he's, so he's had every terrible experience you can have. Um, that said, I mean, then you look at bands like, like the, like the the replacements, you know, it's like the, the Paul Westerberg and those guys are just like yeah. they just drank all the time. They're not. He, Paul was never Freddie Mercury, you know. He was like that. He sang the way he sang, and that and that's that's sort of like that. You can have a drink and do that, but I mean that said, I mean like Sebastian Box, you know, he he, he likes to have a drink. That's just yeah. who who he is, and he he still sings like Sebastian Bach. You know, that's a pretty high bar for him to be going out and doing night after night after night. But I think that, like I said before, I think some people just have the constitution that they can kind of do that and still go out there and do that. And like, you know, the, you know, I always say when, you, when we were kids, it was like we, we, we wanted to be Bon Scott or Brian Johnson or any of those kind of really, you know, that dude from Nazareth, you know, yeah. and, and like, I want to go out there and sing like that. And, and it's like, you kind of forget that that's just the way those guys sing. You know, you, 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 they yeah. weren't really putting that on. That's just how no. they sang. The rest of us were killing ourselves trying to sing like that. And once you kind of become comfortable with what you do and sort of figure out how to do it, then it's more up to you to decide, well, am I going to do this? Um, you know, am I, am I going to be able to do this, you know, five nights a week sometimes? And that's, and that's where it really comes down to like, you know, Freddie Mercury drank, Freddie Mercury smoked, you know, he, but that's just the way he had that voice. And it's just the way he sang. I'm sure he had rough nights. I, I've never really seen footage of Freddie just sucking, but um it's just part of the thing. It's the same, like I said before, it's like if I had to go and run a marathon, I probably would, you know, not, to, not to equate going up and right. singing rock songs as some sort of major physical or, or athletic kind of thing, but it, but it is true. It's sort of like I, I don't want to imagine like if I was going to go do any of those things, um, that I should have a few drinks first. Although Slash tells me great stories of, of how him and Duff would get wasted and then go to the gym <laughs> and then still be drinking at the gym in the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, what? So he goes, oh, yeah, we'd be just hammered, like just bottles of vodka and like get on the treadmill. And I'm like, oh, my God. He goes, yeah, was, you know, but that but those are guys that like those guys made all of us look like chumps when it came to that. Well, that's that's, you know. I had a thing I was talking to Dean about a couple months ago when I had him on the show and, and uh, there's ones that do it well. And then there's ones that fail at it. And so in my 100%. particular case, like I've stopped because, you know, similar, like, you know, I have recognizing where my career trajectory was going, but also right. like, you know, I'm doing, you know, this, this tour is like 24 hours on 24 hours off. It doesn't lend itself to, okay, show's done. Let's, let's go have a couple and then try to roll in at 6am. It just doesn't work. No. And, um, so there's a point where you kind of have to do that. Um, so there's some that, that do it well and, and their career successful drinkers. And then there's ones that quit and then feel like you failed at drinking. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's kind exactly, of, I was yeah. like, damn it, there's something else I failed at. But anyway, so as you got through and you joined, uh, you know, uh, you you know, friends with Duff or, or Slash and, and you go through the years and you meet all these different people. So one of the questions I had for you was um, sort of like what musicians surprised you when you found out that, that they were sober? You come into this, this situation and you go, what? You? Yeah. I didn't know that. Like so yeah. who surprised you in that regard? I, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, I don't know if it's so much surprising as that Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley were always very sort of rock solid. You know what I mean? I think that we sort of, it's not really a surprise because we knew that our whole lives, but yeah. you know, Gene will sort of, you know, be like, I never drank. I never had a drink my entire life. I've never been drunk my entire life. Um, and you go, wow, well that's, that's surprising. There's one thing to know that someone's sober, you assume because, you know, they, they had a, you know, some bad experiences or whatever and, and just landed there. But, you know, that's kind of surprising. It's different being in a world with guys like, you know, I, I know Duff and, 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 and Slash and Steven Adler, the three guys that nearly, you know, really went, you know, the full distance of, of, of marathon partying. You know what I mean? We're talking like, you know, strokes and then Duff with the pancreas or whatever the hell it was. And then Slash with the heart stuff. Um, you know, it's like, 
these are all guys that you know they had to have that 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 line drawn where it was kind of like well if you keep drinking this is what's going to happen you know and and that's a very serious sort of like okay well that's it and you really kind of and, and not just rock stars there are regular people who who have had to hit that wall where it's like um if you keep drinking you're going to die you know what i mean and and, then, and a lot of people just can't they can't stop and they don't make it you know that's 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 I, just I, the way it goes i keep hearing those stories about uh a boot there's my canadian coming in yeah, um i, I keep I hearing it. the the uh the stories about, like speaking of sebastian where gene had come up to him and was like what are you doing you know and sebastian was like come on man (laughs) and i'm like yeah it must have been you know it's like come on you know i don't want to hear this i'm out you know and it's funny because when i i read his book and you know my first concert real rock concert that i went to was monsters of rock and that was you know metallica aerosmith warrant and the and the black crows okay yeah yeah so i go and you know and at that point i'm i'm into that is this like sober aerosmith by this point this would be like would have been on it would have been on pump so yeah out of out of in the in the thick of it for their sobriety at least uh, maybe 88 so maybe out of permanent vacation but okay maybe pump hadn't quite hit yet or it was on the way but it was sort of part of that whole thing it was warrants like you know whatever they were that they were part of it and they were were known for that but it was black crow's first show in toronto and I just remember being like, this is the, the, the best thing ever. And then, so I, I thought to myself, that was, you know, a great first show. And then I read Sebastian's book about what was going on backstage. And I didn't realize everyone in, was in town. Like every single, like Bon Jovi and Motley Crue, all these guys were just hanging out backstage while we were watching this at the front. And I can only, like the 80s and the debauchery and, oh my God. Like, it's just like, and these right, guys, right, yeah. a lot of them have made it through, which is great. Um, some yeah. of them haven't, sadly, but, mm-hmm. but um there's that sort of like there and it's the this and it's the rock this and you're going to get wasted and that's rock and roll and all the rest of it. But then you get these other stories like Derek from some 41 that was like, he's got to shut it down or he's going to die. Other guys yeah. that, that go through it. So I, I definitely, um, it's been, you know, especially touring and traveling as much as we do in the, the late nights and the early mornings and, and the rest of it. I'm always fascinated by people that chose to do it sober I'm not as fascinated as when I was younger, but people that were partying and 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 also pulling that off because that was the, you know, look at what's happening on stage. They're all wasted and having a great time. And you're like, that's what I want to do. And now I'm like, now I just want to nap and I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's exactly. I mean, that's the reality of it, unfortunately, is that people don't understand the endurance that not only being on stage for 90 minutes or two hours or whatever it is, it's the actual endurance of the, the other 22 hours of the day um, are just as vital. You know what I mean? It's like you you just can't imagine the, the, the marathon that it really is. I mean, to me, it's always really shocking when you think of how many people we've lost over the years to shenanigans that every member of Motley Crue is still with us. You know what I mean? Every member of the original Guns N' Roses is still with us. And those guys, they sort of set the precedent. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think they probably made the... Um, Every other band looked like just they were, you know, oh, those guys. Yeah, they, they hang out. They party. But those guys are dangerous. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, you know, and, and many members of all those bands, uh, both both of those bands, especially some are sober. Some are still struggling in their own way, I assume. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I it's such an individualized thing. You know, I mean, I, I always think because I, you know, we travel all the world all the time and I always wonder what constitutes alcoholism in the United Kingdom. You know, it's like, you know, like <laughs> my friends, you know, it's like, you know, having a pint at lunch or or just in the day, having pints throughout the day is super normal. But I think there is something to be said about like being able to handle your stuff. And I suppose a drinking problem is when you don't show up for work or or you just, you know, whatever. I mean, on top of everything else, you know, as grown men like you and I with children and all that kind of stuff too. There's also the other side of it where there's a personal life that you have to maintain and, you know, going on the road and going on the road, it always seems like it's a big party and we're going to do, you know, and then you realize that it's, it's actually really, it's actually really challenging and it's challenging to keep your energy up, keep, Mm -hmm. you know, keep getting up there every night. I mean, it's different in your position more so than mine, but at the same time, it's just as challenging in your position because you have 
a million people to answer to. You have a million things that you're that you need to do that to make it all kind of work. And I think that um, you know it's 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 kind of easier when you imagine just the bass player gets up on stage, plays for two hours, and then goes backstage and drinks himself blind. Um, that's you know, and and re in reality, like um, in being on the road as a as a young man and 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 seeing like you know. Everybody drank. Everybody partied. It was just kind of like the idea of being sober was almost kind of weird, you know. Um, but There's quite a lot of stigma. There's stigma around it still, but it's more accepted now. And definitely I, when I, I decided to not, like yeah. I'm three years in, but when I decided mm -hmm. to not and started trying not necessarily to find the people on tour that were sober, but when it, I just chose to take a different approach to touring, which but and again i wasn't there's no swinging off the chandelier stories it's it's no. like end of the day 15 hour day you have a couple of drinks on the bus next day a couple of drinks yeah. on the bus next I day chris jericho telling me um yeah. in the wrestling community yeah. it was almost suspicious if you weren't drinking you know, right like kind of like like you're like like you're are you a narc or you like are you this guy staying sober so you're not participating in the shenanigans that you know so you're kind of like uh, we can't trust kind of, the, we can't trust yeah. that guy or girl because they're in they're not in the club they're and that's exactly. just peer pressure one on one that's just like oh you know everyone submitting to oh man like you know you 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 travel to get that dream of being in a band and then you say <laughs> open you know you open for your favorite band and then that band right. wants to have a drink and then you're like but I but I, I don't really drink you know I, there was a point where they're like you know fuck you. You know, now, now <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, yeah. you know, whatever. I, I, when did I hear a story from the other day? Um, yeah, there was kind of like, the, you know, where, where it was like you take a drink with the band or you leave the band. Right. And it's like, yeah. well, then I'm out, you know. Yeah, and, probably and, not, I'm probably not going to survive in that band. It's, or I just kind of like, I, I probably just wouldn't be interested in being in that, in that scenario. Because, you know, I've never really found... I've never really experienced that, frankly. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, I remember, I remember reading this, this thing with Moby one time of all people, Moby was like having some drinks and enjoying himself because he was successful. And he said in the Hollywood scene, you go to the party and Dave Navarro's got a diet Pepsi, you know, <laughs> like, the, the whole Hollywood scene was dudes who had like survived and come out the other side, flee all those dudes. And we're talking like hardcore junkies yeah. who it's like we have this is what i have to do to survive and to maintain the longevity in this career and it is true it's true like you you kind of you know in the music community you see a lot of sober dudes and it's just or or you know and and more so an idea of guys who've been around and they've seen it all and it's sort of like i remember when i was younger i remember like saying to this older friend of ours in the business saying like hey we're going out tonight we're gonna go do this and we're gonna do that and we're gonna hit this club we're gonna do that and i remember him just looking at me going like i'm good he goes i've been out you know and i and i and i'm that guy now like i kind of like there's nothing you can literally tell me that you're gonna do tonight that i've not experienced or seen or been through sure so it's kind of and i'm like and none of it is interesting to me it's like you know you you're 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 not single so you're not like out ch chatting up the ladies and all that kind of stuff so it becomes kind of like the whole thing becomes kind of well. What are we doing? You know, it's like want to go losing music, sleep, sure. losing sleep, <laughs> yeah, and you know, exactly. you know, you if Much you lose sleep, sleep, if you lose sleep, you know, you can't sing, and that's show over, and then well, it costs and money, and that costs reputation, yeah. and then you know, amongst a lot of people that people forget that like everyone's watching. There's yeah. a good point that I that I had um, learned along the way, like when I was reading a book uh, about it, and. And I'd read um, this great line where, you know, the the author was talking about um, how she was like, and we were all partying all the time and everything was great. And then she goes, then I realized that I'm the one that was partying and everyone else was just either trying to appease me or whatever. Wow. And that kind of, that's into the same thing yeah. where you're like, you're pouring drinks. And, and then I look back on my drinking career and I go, huh, yeah. I think yeah. I was a drink poor guy. Were <laughs> we partying like, or was I partying? Was I partying? Yeah, yeah. So you're like, uh oh. <laughs> then, yeah. then you're like, there's a bit of a, I'm like, right. Yeah. And then, you know, cause then you leave and then people are like, fucking Donnelly last night. Christ. You know, like, or whatever you just, yeah. it's the, it's the whole thing. And, and again, I, I don't have any of those swinging off the chandelier stories. It was just, it, for me, it's, it's one of those, like, um, you, you just recognize that maybe, 
maybe there's just too much happening here. Like I'm, I'm, you know, every day after, after a show, you're just having, not having seven, you're having one or two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're on the road. Yeah. For 200 days a year. So that's 200 drinks times maybe two, which is 400 drinks times 10 years on tour. Then you're like, huh, the math, there's that math. And then you're like, and you can care to pay attention to that math or not. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, I chose to pay attention to the mask. So, and, and then the other side of it too is, is you know, as you're getting older, you know, as you're getting to be a grown ass man, sometimes you take a hard look at, you know, the people who still live the way you used to live around you, and you go, "God yeah. damn, dude!" Like I'm, I don't know how you're doing this because the bounce back, no matter who you are, no matter how much you partake, the bounce back is is not what it used to be. You know, and you watch guys just kind of like crippled by their own yeah. actions. And often they look 10 years older than, than, than you do because they're living hard. You know what I mean? Todd's 36, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 hardly. But I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you, you, you just, you know, you just, yeah, you know, and it's such an individualized thing too. Is I've never been the kind of person that sits there and goes and judges because someone's having a drink. I honestly don't care. Like I honestly yeah, yeah. don't. If that's what you want to do, that's great. It's like I always felt kind of, you know, it's sort of like you get inside your own head sometimes with guys like Vinny Paul or whoever, who because Vinny was like life of the party, and you know when you saw him, that was just the beginning of his evening because it's like it's going to go on till you know sure. it, it all ends up back at his house and it's a whole thing and there's a whole he's just the 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 center of this gigantic thing that just follows him around you know um and i you know it could only i could only get so close to vin because you know and i I felt like i was very close to him you know i felt like we we really had a great friendship and and we loved each other but because i was not let's go back to your place and just like drink bottles of jagermeister till 6 a.m that that chapter is i'm not involved in that chapter you know so it's so it always kind of felt a little bit kind of like I wouldn't say I felt bad about it, but it, it, there is that kind of like, well, you know, you're only going to get so close to somebody if you don't, you know, just partake in that whole other thing that goes on. And, and that's in everything. That's, that's, that's sports. Yeah. That's that's not just music. That's, of course. That, that's yeah. bankers. That's Wall Street. Yeah. You know, it's the it's yeah. like a, we're all going for drinks after we a, a day trade at, on Wall Street. We're all going down to the local pub and you see it in every movie and all the stock guys are getting wasted. It's like if you're not there, A, you're missing information and B, you're the, you're the guy. That, yeah, the you guy separated guy, you know? yourself and You've nobody separated should yourself. be separated. Yeah, separated from the herd. That's still a problem. I think all the, I think it's getting better now because especially out of COVID and all the rest of it, people's mental health took a real blaming COVID for it. But I definitely have spoken to some people since then that are like, yeah, you know, two years home. Yeah. I, could, I yeah. couldn't, you know, and, and they got better. So, you know, that's, how do you maintain? Like, so a question to you, like, how do you maintain uh, your, your, your sobriety from the standpoint of like, you say you don't really have an interest in it. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm over the hump. Every now and again, there'll be a creep in of like, huh, maybe, but uh, but then I I, I I bury it. So yeah. how do you maintain it? I mean, I'm the kind of guy that honestly, I could have, you know, a glass of wine, you know, and it would be like, whatever, you know, I'd be like, okay, I probably wouldn't even finish the full glass. I'd probably like a few sips of, because I actually really have always appreciated that whole world. Mm. Um, but you know, even then, like like you say, it's like, like if it comes up, first of all, I'm not the kind of guy that goes like, yeah, let's, you know, I, I always see in movies, I was saying to my wife the other day, you see in a movie, a guy walks into a bar, sits at the bar, orders a drink, starts talking to that guy, I go, I've never done that in my life, you know, <laughs> it just never entered my Somebody my, put it in a movie once and that's yeah, it. Yeah, 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 Everyone exactly. does it. Oh, guy walks in alone to a bar and talks to the other guy. It just yeah. sits down and like, and then something wackiness ensues. Yeah. And yeah, but I've never ever done that or even thought like my, anything was missing from my life that I didn't do that. But um, like I say, the sobriety thing for me is, is, you know, and, and I think it's one of those things for me that it's like, I just, I don't really think about it. Like it really never phased me. I never really, uh, I think even in like when you were saying about like playing in the sinners here in Vegas, you know, there were some guys that were like, like major league Las Vegas bar fly guys, you know, where our night, you know, playing a set was just sort of chapter one of their evening. Then after that, they were going out and they would just do the whole because Vegas doesn't close. So you could just go all night and they would just kind of have this whole experience. But we could still look at each other and, and, and 
you know, love one another and kind of go like, you know, so I'm going to go home and watch, you know, the Sopranos. And then, and that guy's going to go out and just tear it up. And you're like, that's cool. You know, it's like, I, I just never really, it, I always, I think because when, once you've been through it enough times and you've, you know, you've felt as bad as you can feel from, from, uh, you know, either like bad decisions or, or physically feel bad because of, uh, what you've done to yourself. I think I just got to a point where I kind of like, you know, if there was a check checklist of like, it, it was all checked, you know, all the boxes were checked and I was kind of like folded up and put it away. It's like, that's done. Like, I don't really need to do that anymore. So for me, it's never really like, like a thing that I need to, um, have long talks with myself about that or, or, you know, whatever. Like, it's like, I, I just kind of, it doesn't really enter my brain. And I, sure. I, I've never really noticed it with Brent. I mean, in the slash camp, which is funny because Frank Sidoris, who's 20 years younger than, than us, is a young kid. He's 23 years old on the road with, with, with us. He's like 30 something now, but um, you know, he came out with us and I, and I, and I remember looking at him just feeling kind of bad. Like it's such a shame <laughs> that this is your, this is your first big kind of like, you grew up in Vegas. Jeez. <laughs> he was probably going into that bus going, yeah, you guys tell your little stories. I've been exactly. here for 20 years. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but he did, he might've, you know, had more fun experiencing that kind of like I'm 23 years old getting on a bus and we're yeah, just yeah. going to, you know, pirate our way across the country and, and across the world. But with us, it was just kind of like all these old vet been there, done that, you know, and there's nothing you can do that slash isn't going to be like, you know, this everything is white belt compared to his six degree black belt of experiences. You know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's like, it's like, you could tell a story and then his story will just be like, it'll dunk yours every time. Like you just go, kind of, oh, okay. Well, yes, I, yeah. Yeah. You know, in the underbelly of Hollywood, you know, drug stories or whatever. You're like, Oh boy. You know? Yeah. It's, it's something when you cross over the hump, I, I find once you get over the hump uh, and that's the biggest thing that people ask me about, about, you know, not drinking or anything. They're like, well, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, you got to get over that. You got to remove, well, there's everyone has their own journey. So, People are using it to cope or people are using it to do whatever. Uh, but if you remove it, at, you know, and so the association of, of it with a good time, which is really tough to do from a small town kid from Saskatchewan, from Saskatchewan or Ontario, where it's like snowmobiling and, and Scuttlebutt Lodge, <laughs> Scuttlebutt Lodge. Yeah. And it's like everything, everyone's got a Labatt 50, even, you know, well, you, you know, you're right. You know, it's like, even like when like, we're going to go play golf. You know, I don't, I don't play golf, but I'm saying like all my friends that go and play golf, the golf is just, is just part of it. It's the drinking that is happening with your friends on the golf course. <laughs> and I go nice. like, well, that's a whole other experience then. If you take away the drinking, what is it? <laughs> I have a funny story because years ago, it's with, uh, a friend of mine, you know, they've been married, I don't know, 20 years or whatever it was. You know, he's in his 50s and, and stuff like that. And we were going to go golfing. And so we're at the house and he's like, He's like, he says, uh, all right, we're going to go golfing or whatever. And she goes, and his wife's like, what time will you be back? And, you know, just as like a, they're planning the afternoon. And I will yell that. I'm like, just a couple hours. We're just going to bang out 18. And then she yells out, couple hours. And she yells over at him. She goes, why are you gone for eight hours or 10 hours every time you go golfing? And he just glares at me like, get screwed it up like you know that's my that's my drinking vacation and I was, it was so funny and yeah I was like, exactly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was drinking time, at the time i just yeah whoops the next time he goes to play golf it's gonna be like so you're only gonna be a couple hours right Brent, you're gonna <laughs> yeah. play the donnelly round or you yeah play that's right needless oh, to say man. we didn't golf again <laughs> so <laughs> no you're stuff. right and i think that yeah. you know when you when you don't drink i'm always surprised what you know what is used as, as, you know, it's flag day. We got to go drinking or you know, whatever. It's like Everything. Cinco de Mayo. And you're like, what are you talking about? We're not, we don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo, but yeah, yeah. but they're going to have cheap drinks down. And you know, you're like, okay. So everything is about drinking. And you just realize that like, when you take that away, you're like, man, eh, I'm good. I mean, well, it's, it's, life gets a little less, like, so I get that question. Like what surprised you the most about sobriety? And for me, it's, it, it's like that, just what you just said. It's like every excuse you could throw in. It's like, what's coming up? Well, there's a, a you know Johnson Rod Day, you know <laughs> Johnson Rod. Yeah, Kansas, we better get a, a holiday. You know, we better get a two four because it's going to be Johnson Rod on Sunday. So you're like, you know, okay, and yeah, you're like, what? Does that what? Mean? Yeah, what do yeah mean, you're, what do you mean you don't know? You know what? You know what's the really interesting part for me was, um, you know, having been like uh, single, you know, and 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 meeting somebody who also is 
sober. You know, I mean, I mean, she's she's like me, where it's kind of like she's not sober because she, you know, has a, some mm. sort of terrible past. She just kind of like it's just not her thing, you know. But it doesn't mean she can't have a glass of wine or or, or a drink here and there. It's just sort of that thing of. But it has been very. I mean, I know you you've been with your wife a long time, but it's kind of like one of those things where, you know. When you're sober, and that and that Venn diagram of the person you're trying to meet, you had add in that thing where it's kind of like, you know, well now I, you know, now not only are these all these other things that you're looking for in a person, but you're also kind of looking for at least somebody who's who can keep it together. You know what I mean? Because my my thing was never like, um, I need to be with somebody dead sober. It was kind of more like I just need to be with somebody who's not like, you know, where like you say it's Flag Day, we gotta, get, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Let's get a, you know. A, a, a 26 of, of Jack Daniels. You're like, oh, you know man. what though? I mean, it, and that's, that's a, that's a very great point because there's a lot of people that build it around it, and that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. kind of, that's the discovery process of like touring the way it was before where you're landing in Dublin and you've got two days off and you plan around it. So it's like, well, we got to hit the Jameson plant and you got to hit the Guinness plant and then we'll see the city. <laughs> now yeah. it's kind of like the other way. I remember I, cause I made really good friends with the Jameson guys as a drinker. You're like, there's my Daytona 500. Right. So I've, I've, I've made it as a drinker. Yeah. I, I, Jameson people are on speed dial. And when I brought a band in and told them I didn't drink anymore, it was like, I, I might as well have been wearing a MAGA hat. Like it yeah, was just, just like they just were put on the scarlet letter. Yeah. Like sober. Yes. Yeah. Go yeah. out of here. We don't want your kind. <laughs> we don't need your kind. They were amazing and, and great and, and everything, but it was just like the look on their face was like, what? I so know. funny how it changes, but Hey, whatever. And the, the point of this series is not to not discount drinking. Certainly a lot of fun. The point of this series is like, if you've chosen to take this, how did you do it? Why did you do it? And is it working for you? And that's really the discussion. And also telling people that it is possible to live a rock and roll life and be in a rock and roll band and tour the world and do the rest of it and do it with club soda and lime. I mean, that's yeah. my discovery. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And honestly, like, like I said before, it's like, I, you know, I travel in circles where it's predominantly and, and not, not predominantly at all. Like I, I played in plenty of situations where, where people are, drinking and i'm always almost kind of half rised you know it's kind of like where i go oh right you guys still do this it's like most <laughs> of us who sort of live the the full experience are kind of like i'm good you know like I, I i just i just can't do it anymore um but you know it's it's i, I really it really doesn't phase me at all like i've never really been too too bothered with um whether people drink or don't drink and no one's ever sort yeah. of I've never really gotten that felt like I've gotten that kind of shifty eye thing of like, well, what's your deal? You know, I'm like, I'm, it's just kind of like, it's just what I do. And I don't really, doesn't really phase me. And I, I'm saying same way. I don't really care what you do. You know, if you can show up and do the gig and, and be solid, whether you've had a few drinks or, or not, it's totally fine. I, I, I'm always surprised how many people I know who've gotten sober. Like I have, I have friends where I'm like, he's sober <laughs> you know you're like wow like that's you know kind of mm -hmm. like guys you thought were just career drinkers you know, just just gonna do it forever or and not even just yeah. drinking but you know what i mean like because that, that's the other side of it too is it's not just drinking people because i've always said the drink bones connected to the smoke bone connected to the and then people sort of go down and a full weekend warrior thing will happen where i'm like bro you're 55 years old you know at some point that weekend is gonna you know end up with your family calling me on monday saying uh oh you know so and so's yeah. in the hospital or or worse you know it's like so to me it's just kind of like you know i think that you know you eventually look at every rock and roll cliche and just think i don't want to be that i just i'm okay you know I, i'll think i'll just be the one exception even as when i was younger i was just like i don't i i why would anybody want to die at 27 you know it's like it's like that's the stupidest thing i ever heard i mean you know, i it, i'm not saying that they were stupid for, for doing it i just think that you know it's like it's just a yeah. really unfortunate way to kind of go out, like just flame on and then burn out real fast. Like I was like, no, I want to do this forever. I mean, this is this yeah. is what I want to do with my life. So that's a big part of it is the longevity, the, the taking care of yourself. And and hopefully we'll be having the same conversation in 20 years, which will be yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to look the same. I'll be much older. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Yeah. I'll finally, yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, all right, man. Well, I appreciate the time on here, uh, you know, and, be, and being the first guest on this to, to talk about it. Again, we're doing this as a, as a check-in uh, for everybody that's like, hey, 
we're just talking here. We're just talking uh, about what it's like to course, tour, yeah. tour this I think thing. It's very, I think it's really interesting because it's it's funny because I don't really talk about this a lot. Like, I, you know, sure. you, you run into people who drink, people who don't drink, and it's sort of like, whatever, we coexist on the same planet, so we yeah. just kind of get on with it. But, you know, it's it's one thing to be attending meetings and all that kind of stuff. Like, I have plenty of friends that do that, too. You know, it's like they, they, they do what yeah. they have to, to maintain. Um for me, it's just always been sort of like, man, eh, I'm good. I don't eat meat, so it's sort of like you know, you chick, you choose these lanes, and you just go, eh, this is who I am. I, wait, I'm a okay minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> you've gone too far, Todd. You've gone, you've gone too, too far. far. <laughs> what are you doing? Anyway, yeah, yeah exactly. To each their own. Whether yeah. you're vegan, whether you're, I don't. It's like to each their own. This is the path exactly, that we yeah. chose. One of the th- the things that you you touched on was, you know, uh, that. <sighs> you know, you're up there, you're, you don't judge, you, you know, and that's, that's very important here. It is. I yeah. mean, to, to people to, to not judge us for not drinking and also not to judge you're there to help people and all the rest of it. And that's the point of this whole thing, because yeah. I just, I get a lot of people, especially since I've stopped over the last three years asking me, how do you do it? Why did you do it? And I, I thought, okay, it's time to shed some light on it a little bit and, and do go people for just it. assume that you were like, you know, full like meth head and like, just, you know, I mean, do people just assume that you were like, well, you, you went travel, into some serious dark areas or it, you try, well, it's like anything you travel around, you, you run in concerts. So the first thing that people do is like, wow, what an amazing job. You must party all the time and know all the rock stars. And it's like, yeah. well, no. But it's but it's it's late nights and it's you know when I have friends that come out and kind of hang with me for half a day or something, and see what what kind of goes into it, they go oh, no I know and, and that's things I know what you do I know how full on your life is it's like if you're drinking during all that then you probably are going to get clipped pretty fast because they need somebody who's I mean it's one thing to be the like I said the bass player who shows up and has a few drinks and goes plays a show. We, pe- people in your position that's a responsible adult needs to be handling this thing or this machine does not move forward correctly and what ends up happening is and it happens all the time is that guy that can't keep it together he's replaced because you know you can't have like in every you know, profession not just mine exactly. in every it, profession not just mine so yeah, it's that's, the same as if, if someone shows up at the accounting firm hammered. Well, he's not going to be there very long. <laughs> you know, no. It's like that's not the way. You're works. dealing with millions of dollars, but no, exactly. But, um, yeah. but you know, you, you I, I think um, the the fact that you don't and you're singing, and you're maintaining, and you're doing all the rest of it. Um, I, I would go the other way with it. I would say that more people are looking at that, going, you know, um, I, I think the, the 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 stories of the hotel smashing and all the rest of it. People now are just like, huh, wh- why? Why are you doing that? That's just coming out of your bottom line. Like, whereas, you know, that that is true. Actually, young people, young people today that I think that they're everybody's so much more like, Oh, when I talk to young people, they're so much more conscious. And and you know, this too, living in an expensive town, you know, that kids, kids are like, I'm never going to be able to, you know, I got to really crunch to, 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 own money and to, to retire and all kinds of stuff. So I think that, you know, it is an interesting thing when someone says, you know, when we did all kinds of shenanigans when we were young and people kind of look at you like, well, why, why would you guys do that? It's like, yeah. Yeah. it's like, that's really dumb that you guys broke those guitars. Aren't those like, weren't they perfectly good guitars? I go, they were perfectly good guitars. Yeah, but yes, we were, yes, they were. We were partying and, you know, it got crazy and, you know, and, and the lamp yeah, and the, and the Sebastian window. Sebastian talks about that a bit about getting handed a bill. And you're oh, like, oh, yeah. we got <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to pay for this? We got to pay for all this smashing that we're doing. And it's like, it's easier to pay for it when it's, when the money's rolling in, but then, uh, you know, so. Yeah. No one talks about that with Keith Moon from the who trashing hotel right. rooms. They don't talk about the other side of that, which is, I always say like, you know, it, it, imagining being on the road with Keith Moon would be frustrating because at 3 AM, probably nightly, they're like, yeah, dude, we got to change hotels. And what happened? Oh, Keith trashed. He drove a fucking, <laughs> car into the pool and now we got to bail on this hotel and go to i'm like what you know like that's what would that's the reality of what roger daltrey or something like that who's trying to be sober and sing well the next night is like are you serious like you know yeah. and, and and again it's like well who's paying for this like who's paying <laughs> for the the hotel room that he trashed i'm not paying for that keith's paying for that you know they, that whole thing is you know and that's you know it, it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> now Especially not now, know? yeah, no, no, you know? especially yeah, these couches. Like... These couches are expensive now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They must have been giving them away back then. That's right? back yeah, then. Yeah. It was like there was yeah. no Leon's back then. Yeah. Um, so, buddy, Leon. I appreciate the time. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you and uh, and all that fun stuff on, oh, on, I'm on, on the internet's there. 
you know? Yeah, I'm Todd Kearns on pretty much everything. Uh, Todd Dammit Kearns on Twitter, but Todd Kearns on on the... You know, I'm not a TikTok guy. Are you a TikTok guy? I am. I did it to keep an eye on my daughter, and then I realized that... Uh, <laughs> well, it, well just, just, you know, she's doing the thing, and I'm like, did you listen to the lyrics in that song? Well, no, but we made a fun video. It's like, yeah, that's got to go. You know, it's just like this <laughs> oh, funny, man. funny stuff. Being, but then being, the grown up, the grown ups make the best. Yeah, yeah, the grown ups make the best shit on TikTok. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, the, yeah the no, I've, are, I've, I've been meaning to do that. So you've kind of inspired me to be like, OK, well, maybe I should check that. I, I honestly I find it so overwhelming. People always tell me you do such a good job on on your your social media. And I go, I honestly just I just answer questions and post things and sort of say, yeah, I, I don't I don't really find myself out there kind of like, you know, I don't know. Uh, influencing I, I just i couldn't be bothered but um it's you know, a work it's, it's, it's a pain in the ass so i have one a of these shows job. and yeah it's a, it's a whole thing so. it's a full-time job it is yeah but it's fun and i appreciate making the time to come on here today buddy 100 really, my pleasure kicking this off that's todd kearns you can find him in all the places and the places. uh this has been the brent except Podcast. tiktok <laughs> I don't know. By the time I put this out, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, okay, you I'm know on, what I mean. On. You could be on the tic- on the TikTok, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you can uh, have a look and uh, Tuke and Slash and and some other probably surprises on the way, uh, which is great. Make sure you check it out. Great guy, great guest. Thank you for coming back on the show. That's the Britain on Tour podcast for another week. The Sober on Tour series continues next week with another guest. In the meantime, reach out and thanks to my friends at Partake right there. Look at that. This is Partake. Oh, look at those. Oh, look at that crowd in that I shot. Haven't tried, that I haven't tried those. This is yet. a non-alcoholic beer. They're from Calgary hmm. uh, and Toronto. It? And it's Must fantastic. Be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to try and it. And uh, so this is Partake. They, they sent me a bunch of stuff. Um, Great. To talk about, you know, like, you know, if you're out there and you're doing it. And I know, like, the guys in Lamb of God like this stuff. They have their own non-alcoholic beer. I Interesting. But anyways, thanks to them. Great guys for sending me some awesome. stuff. And uh, I think it, it's appropriate with the crowd in the background. There. I like it. Tell them um, your friend Todd would like to try it. <laughs> no problem. We'll probably get it down there. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next week, friends. Thanks, everybody. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.